Retro Brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Generation X Gaming. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming. This is a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from this past week. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and joining me this week and filling in for Sergeant McCluskey is Say No to Rage, a.k.a. Lono Got a Gun. It's good to have you back two weeks in a row. Yeah, I appreciate it. I enjoyed last week a lot. It was uh, it was very easy to say yes. I think it's. Uh, I think we're just going to have you, like, you're like the... The backup to Johnny Carson. We'll just have you. We'll just have you on on speed dial. Yeah. That'd All right. Be great. So on this week's show, we're going to discuss um, YouTube's network deceives customers. Okay. We have uh, will the new Apple TV that's supposedly going to be announced on September 9th, uh, Will it take away from consoles? Uh, Ashton Kutcher invests in esports along with uh, Mark Cuban from the Shark Tank. Those are just a few of the top stories from this past week. We'll talk uh, and uh, we'll talk about. Plus, we're going to go over the reveal that came that Bungie did yesterday that you uh, also co co hosted. Um, it's a it's a good. I think it's good. I think it's good. We'll we'll, we'll get to it later, um, and then we'll go over a few of the top stories that we didn't make the cut at the very end of the show. So sit back, relax, grab a beer, grab a coke. Um, this should be a good conversation. First, we're going to go over what we've been playing the last week. So. You're the guest, so go ahead. What have you been playing for this last week? I have been playing Mad Max. Uh, it came out on Tuesday, and I have been thoroughly enjoying it. I was a little worried. The night before I played it, I read a negative review from Polygon, and as I read the review, I was kind of confused because it started off by talking about how big the game was, has 30-plus-hour campaign, and it's just this big, sprawling environment. Uh, and then they went on to say how it was boring and not very memorable, and it as I read it, it felt kind of entitled and arrogant, so I was I didn't take it take a lot of weight with it. So, uh, and I was I've been pleasantly surprised. I've played the game for a little over twelve hours, and I don't, I've barely scratched the surface. I've only probably cleared twenty percent of the map. Um, so similarities to Far Cry, so I liked that in Far Cry, kind of clearing the map, doing all the little things, you know. So you are clearing like a hundred percent of that that little section first, and then moving on to the next next location. I'm not doing 100% because that is one of my gripes. One of my gripes is that uh, it's it's mixed in with the praise. I praise the game for being diverse in that it's got a lot of similarities to Batman Arkham Knight, Tomb Raider, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. Like, it's got all these these undertones of other games. It's still unique and has its own identity, but you're finding, you'll find a lot of it familiar and accessible because of that. However... A lot of the bases you go and take over will be like, you know, there's eight pieces of scrap to find. Scrap's very valuable to you in the game. Right. And I, I've consistently gotten to seven out of eight or six out of seven and can't find the last piece. I think it's sort of a mismatch of identities where it's very confusing and puzzly, like, and kind of mazy in some of the bases. And it's not quite as accessible as you'd want it to be for an action-adventure game because I, I don't really think it's ideal to be running around a base looking for some final piece of scrap. So that's the one thing I haven't managed to do uh, consistently, but everything else I like to I clear it all before before moving on. I, I like doing that. So I've watched you a little bit on your stream um, in the mornings. I get hang out with my kid. I'm like, hey, let me let me throw Lono on here, and uh, I notice it's a 
Every time I see you, you're you're in the middle of the desert, just ramming your car into other cars. So, <laughs> so I haven't seen I haven't seen much of the game itself. Um, how is the fighting mechanic? Because all I see you do is keep running into cars. I'm like, all right, all right. So well, maybe I'll I'll wait a little yeah. longer. That's a plus and a minus. I mean, I, I say it's a game of a thousand distractions. I'll I'll suddenly be like. 30 minutes have gone by and I'm like, where was I going? What was I doing? Like I get distracted and it is so fun to get into those car fights and to ram, ram the cars. The, the hand to hand combat's good. If you've played Assassin's Creed or Batman, you'll okay, so kind of you can, get the gist. You can start uh, knocking off combos off of each other. Like you're fighting one guy and then all of a sudden you, you take your attention off him and go to the next and just keep fluently fighting. Yeah, it's it's a little bit not as fluid. I feel like it's far. It, it's actually strikes a good balance of realism because um, okay. if you try to do that, your you, your punch is a pretty realistic reach. Batman's kind of like he turns into a ping pong. He's just like or like a like a pinball in a pinball machine. Right. Batman's just hopping from person to person, which is cool. It's fitting. It's comic book. But in this, it's gritty. It's more of a rumble and a real fist fight. And so. And it's far more challenging than Batman. You can settle into a rhythm with Batman and just lay waste to 20 people. Um, even on the harder levels, there was only a couple of areas that were super dense in Batman where I had a hard time. This game is far more difficult. I've died a lot more in the, in the, in the fist fights. Some of it's me being careless. Right. And some of it also is the rhythm gets thrown off. They're a little cheap. Uh, I don't know if it's intentional. They want it to be realistic in that they wouldn't just circle around and wait to get punched. Um, a lot of times the timing of their punch and when you want to hit counter Breaks. is right when you've just landed a punch. I got gotcha. you. Can't, can't counter it. Gets you a little bit of frustrated and you're, and you're like, you're stupid. I, I had a block. I had a block. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten a little bit frustrated a few times, not because I've made mistakes and said, oh, I played that really poorly and I take the blame. But sometimes I've just felt like it's a little cheap. And nobody likes to kind of feel like they got cheated. Like if you get outdone by the computer, that's one thing. But if it feels cheap, that's always frustrating. I had a I had a caravan car ride at the end of my stream today that felt that way. It just felt very – I call it Spidey Sense AI where the AI seems to know far more than it should um, to give the computer that extra edge, which it already has the edge. Typically, uh, they usually have a lot more. But I, overall, I have been incredibly satisfied. Graphics very strong for the Xbox One. I've – consistently thought i'm amazed at the, how this looks on xbox one i didn't expect right. it to look this good people were making fun of me because i kept saying that fire though i i did fire. i i said yeah. you should put on a sticker yeah that was you, <laughs> that was you. oh but the fire looks so yeah good. the fire I, looks so good oh the stream doesn't probably do it as much justice as in game no, it, it looks doesn't. Very, very i mean good. it looks it looks um, it looks good but you're yeah. probably seeing it a lot better than than we are with the the quality breakdown of twitch yeah and lastly, I do want to touch on the story. One of the one of the reviews had said, you know, the story is just bland and empty. I actually think that if you pay attention to the collectible, they're called historical relics, and I know a lot of people are probably going to miss this. But if you um, if you're careful enough in the bases to collect those historical relics, I think they bring through this sort of cryptic like weaving of a past story something that was once there before right. that's far better than if we were getting like flashbacks or something because i just don't know how else you'd really weave a really rich story in mad well, max mad max itself uh, the movie doesn't have really a rich story you know what i mean it's right. it's it's a pretty bare minimum there's like i think you can count the dialogue on like one hand i mean <laughs> from from yeah. the movie you know what i mean i haven't seen the new one but uh it's it's not known for its its dialogue. It's known for its action and you know it's kinda of like fill in the blank type thing, you know? 
Yeah, well, I feel like that's where I, th- I think it's so easy to find something that's lacking in a game and just rail on that one-string banjo. And I don't think it's fair in a game like Mad Max where it's not like Tomb Raider where there is this narrative and this character development where you're really concerned about Laura Croft and it's brilliantly done. When you play Laura Croft, it's far more linear and it's far more restrictive of what you can do. Right. So that makes sense. It's you're you're tethered to a narrative. In this, you're not really tethered to a narrative, so you're kind of going all over the place. And I just think it's unfair to be like, well, the, the story wasn't as good as I hoped. I mean, the only game that kind of pulled this off was Far Cry Three with amazing character development, acting, and story. But even still, it was really infrequent. It wasn't that consistent. Not like in a Tomb Raider or even The Last of Us. Um, those the Last of Us is almost episodic, like you, and yeah, it lack, and it lacks some length because of that, and it is more linear. It's not super open. So I do think reviews tend to be unfair when they bring an expectation to a game that doesn't really fit the genre of the game. Now, do you know how long Polygon played the game before they gave their so-called review? I mean, it, they they run through it real fast. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, and I think that's a, that's that's a that's a disservice to the game. If you're going to review the game, that that I, it felt like they got fairly far. They were making remarks about different things in the story and how some of it affected their decisions and stuff. And I just think that again, if they, some of the talk about how it was repetitious, and I'm like, well, all that's games the style, right? But all yeah, games are all, repetitions, all games. right? Right. And I just think it's again, it's unrealistic to say, well, I want this big open world map with with a million things to do, but I never want to repeat the same thing over and over again. Like, that just isn't fair. And they were saying something I disagree with that the diff the bases all felt the same. I remarked today that I felt like none of the bases felt the same. They were different. They had different layouts. It made some of the fights more challenging because it got too dense or too close together. Um, the mix of the enemies, I think, has been very good. It's not been it's not been easy to predict what's going to happen because right. just today they introduced two guys with two guys at the same time with a weapon and a shield and just a couple other guys and just adding that that extra guy with the sword and sh- the the weapon and the shield instead of just one there was two. Just adding that created a whole different dynamic in the fight and I died. I had to try it again because it it was it was tough. Now is it one of those games where like before you do some event you save it. And then if you fail, you load, or is it just you die, you continue, you, can, you keep trying to do the same thing over and over? Or do you, have to, yeah. do you have to save it before you do something big? Yeah, it's not, like, it's not like a game where you're going into the menu and saving. It has that consistency of checkpoints. So okay. whenever I died from a fight, I was a room or two away and would just kind of be able to beeline back to where I was. I like how the chat's correcting you. No, twice. You died twice. Oh. <laughs> I died twice. Oh, and then Dirty Bear saying, I refuse to ride with Lono. Yeah, I, I'm pretty reckless on the roads. <laughs> so, hey, I just want to uh, talk to chat for a second. Um, I appreciate you guys following. I'm not going to say thank you during the actual stream because this is more of a podcast and not the actual stream. So I really do appreciate you guys um, hitting the follow button and it, it will pop up. You will see Sloth welcome you. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. All right, so what I've been playing this past week, uh, I'm a little ashamed. I'm a little ashamed of it because here I'll, I'll I'll show you one of them. Okay, so I'm oh you can't see it because the it's in the package and it's getting eaten up. But I I collect Star Wars figurines. Okay, I'm a huge I'm a big geek Star Wars fan. Okay, so I go out and I'm like okay. Destiny Infinity character, Disney Infinity Destiny, Destiny Infinity. That would be awesome. No, Disney Infinity characters just came out, and I'm like, okay, let me go collect them. So I have to go across five different stores to collect these things. 
Okay, so like Best Buy's got a limited edition, Target's got a limited edition one. They're all all over the place. So screw you, Disney, for doing that because you owe me some gas money. Okay, so <laughs> as I'm buying the as I'm buying the figurines, I'm like, well, the starter set, it's not that bad. You know, you could buy just Anakin and Ahsoka by themselves, and it's like thirty five dollars. And I'm like, well, thirty five dollars. I was like, ah, let me buy the game, right? So I buy the starter kit with the base. Pop it in. Yeah, there's no Boba Fett yet for the Xbox. Uh, I got to wait till January 1st to get him. Um, but I pop it in. Let me tell you, it's a short game. I, I beat I beat the actual storyline in six hours, um, which was two days for me because I only streamed three hours a night. So it was, it was filler. But um, it's a fun game. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of stuff to do. Um, just the game itself. Uh, it's got this star reward program, sort of, like when you do a mission... Um, each one's got either one star or up to three stars and they're, they're little tricky bastards, these guys. Okay. So as you do it, let's say you're playing with Anakin and you're doing like a, I don't know, a pod race. Okay. Well, you beat it with Anakin, but now it says to get the third star, you need to beat it with Obi-Wan, right? So if you didn't have Obi-Wan and you would have to go out and buy him, okay, come back and play the game just so you could fill in all the stars to get completions. And you're saying, well, why would you want all the stars for completions? Because while you get all the stars, it unlocks certain things for your toy box. Okay, so then in the toy box, you can start unlocking things to purchase and start making your own level, build your own levels, build your own worlds, whatever you want to do. It's sort of like Minecraft-ish. I haven't even, I haven't even dipped yeah. into that. Um, but it plays very smooth. The fighting mechanics in this, I have to say, are probably one of the best Star Wars uh games i've played with the lightsaber battle it it's so smooth it's so much fun it almost uh reminds me of the lego i I hate to compare it to it but it reminds me of the star wars legos game i mean the way you destroy everything in the world to collect they don't collect coins they collect uh sparks instead which is your coins that you use for the toy box um it's just it's just well done disney definitely i never collected any of this stuff didn't do the marvel one the 1.0 or 2.0 ones um as soon as they said Star Wars was coming out, I was like, oh, you bastards, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. Hook, line, and sinker, they got me. Um, so I, I dropped like $130 uh, just to go collect figures, and now I got a game with eight figurines, and I can't even play with two of them yet because I haven't found their coins in the game yet to unlock them to play them in the actual game. So, And then they space it out. So then you got Luke and Leia and Darth Vader coming out next month. Then you got, uh, or I'm sorry, Luke, Leia, uh, Chewie, and Han coming out next month. Then you got Vader coming out in November. Then you got Darth Maul coming out in November. And then you have Boba Fett coming out in January. And God knows when the new movies drop, what else they're going to bring out. Right. So, what well, is the um, is the combat? Is it like the lightsaber combat? Is it more thought out? I mean, the, the Lego games were just—I mean, it was a button masher. Is it more thought out, or is it pretty much the same thing? No, it's a—you have a one button mash. It's a—it's Y, right? You hit Y for for lightsaber battles. But as you unlock um, your skill tree, because each 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 character can get level up to level twenty, so you're you're progressing these characters and you're getting them better abilities, deflecting. Uh, reviving faster, doing their special moves with their force powers. So the the main the main buttons is right trigger uh, does this like force like run at people. Y is the lightsaber. RB is your force. 
um, your actual special ability, like you lift them up or choke them or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, if you hold Y, you do like a power slam to the ground. So it's, it is a button masher. It's a combination of how many times can you hit Y gives you different lightsaber moves. So if you tap now, it once or tap it twice, it's a completely different move. Is there a significant amount of the content that is blocked from you or kind of gated off if you don't buy these characters? Or is it more completionist? No, you can, like, you can complete the story, right? But where they get you is if you want to complete the – if you want to 100% the game, it's, it's locked off. It's, it's locked off by, one, if you buy the character first – and then you play the game with the regular characters. You have to find the coin of the character in the world. Not like it's impossible. I mean, they're out there. You just have to know, you know, come come across them randomly. Um, like for instance, I bought Sabine. She was a, um, I think, a Target exclusive. Um, I haven't found her token yet, so I literally can't put her on the on the on the pad to play the story mission. Now I can play her in the actual toy box. You can play with all the figurines in the toy box which is good, but you can't play the story mission with those characters until you find the actual token within the game. So there are mm. kind of like paywalls, I guess you could say. Yeah, I remember the E3, the LEGO Dimensions demo was, I mean, it's pretty exciting, it's pretty cool, but then as the more they talked about it, I thought, I mean, this is a great, I think, sort of two-for-one for collectors or for parents because, you know, obviously it's a two, like, oh, here's a Lego, but it's also a character in a game. Like, I think that's right. It's kind of cool and creative. I just was like, eh, I don't think I want to get into something that's going to require me buying, like, extra merchandise and stuff outside of the game because then you get into, you know, what amounts to hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, for one particular game where I don't see the one to one connection between <clears throat> merchandise purchase and the experience in the game, but for you that you, you know you enjoy collecting them, it, yeah. I think you're in that vein of it's it's kind of a win-win. You're getting to collect something you like, but then it also sort of adds a, a shade to the game experience. It really is a fun game, and, and the figurines themselves are super detailed, and I really I just like the the art style of them, um, which is really cool for collectors. You can keep them in the package. You don't have to take them out of the package to put them on the base. Hmm. All right, so. I know they sell like a separate container that you can like once you open it you can put it in. I had to open Anakin and, and Ahsoka because they came in the starter kit. Um, but all my other characters they're still in the package like I showed you Ezra. Um, I don't know Ezra's from the, the Star Wars Republic um, Rebels show. Um, I don't know if you watch this show. It's it's a good it's a good Star Wars uh, episode uh, episodic cartoon. Um, yeah, so you can keep them inside the package. So if you are a collector. You can still get enjoyment by playing the game with these characters and leveling them up. Um, and it actually, I guess it's a better better sale, right? So you can actually upgrade your character and get them to level 20 with all the abilities stuck in the package. And then if you wanted to sell that, you could sell that and say, hey, you know, I have Ezra maxed out at level 20. Anybody, if you, if you were trying to sell it later. Mm. So, but it is cool. They're, they're very, very interesting. Very, uh, it's a, it's a fun game. I haven't dipped into everything you can because there's there's community content that people make and submit to Disney. So they make their own worlds. And some of them are super detailed. I was watching stuff online. I'm like, man, how do they do that? I mean, everything. To You can literally make your own video game with their tools. So you can make a side-scroller if you want. You can make a completely right up above them, you know, looking down on them. Um, yeah. perspective. I played a boss battle for community content. Guy made a side-scroller, like a Mario, where mm. 
like all you could see was your side of your profile, the character, which is kind of weird because then you didn't have that three dimension movement anymore. But it was done well, and there's like pressure points and different buttons that you hit, and it activates where the um, the villains come out, where the bosses come out. It's they got they got something good here, and and I can see them just keep adding to it. They're just when Luke and Leia's set comes out, I gotta buy that too, and that's a different set story than the one I bought with Anakin and Ahsoka. So, if you guys like uh, anyone out there that likes, uh, well, if you like Star Wars, if you like Lego Star Wars, if you like collecting stuff, and uh, if you already have the Disney Infinity, it's a definite must. So I suggest you go out and buy it. But it's deep pockets, so if you're a kid. Uh, go ask your parents, and if your parents say no. So that's what I've been playing. I that, and I've been playing Destiny again. Um, I, I, I just don't know why I'm playing it, because I have everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally have everything. Um, yeah. But uh, I played the Nightfall, which is the easiest Nightfall last night. Uh, it's Val, and it's double, double uh, burn, so it's got arc burn and it's got uh solar burn you can literally hit him with three rockets and like two sniper shots and he's dead so do the nightfall this week guys if you're out there playing destiny it's real real yeah, simple I was hold- i'm holding off somebody made an interesting prediction that um those runes and those little events and stuff that they showed somebody thought we're somebody's made a prediction that once they make the update on tuesday we'll be able to farm for that stuff kind of like how you could farm for keys before house of wolves came out yeah uh, we'll get to that when we when we talk about destiny later i have a i have a theory on that what's going to happen um reaper i'm still waiting for the old republic to be remastered on the xbox one i don't think it's going to happen um (laughs) keep don't hold your breath reaper don't hold your breath all right so let's jump into the 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 first news story Uh, let me get to my screen real fast. The first news story is YouTube's network deceives customers. Um, basically, the United States government has determined that some Xbox One uh, people have decided... Let me put the news up. Have decided to uh, deceive the market. The Federal Trade Commission announced on Wednesday that the popular YouTube network Machinima which claims to have more than 400 million unique subscribers, has agreed to settle charges related to publishing positive reviews about the Xbox One without disclosing that they've paid tens of thousands of dollars to so. Okay, Microsoft, meanwhile, is mostly absolved from the wrongdoing. So they don't, they don't get in trouble at all. And they've now pushed it over to Machinima, and Machinima's going, oh, these YouTubers over here are the ones that, that did it. All we did was pay them. That's why Machinima's paying... Right, they're they're settling. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll do it. Um, according to the FTC, uh, the FTC, uh, Machinima paid YouTubers, uh, they called them influencers, to post videos that spoke positively about the Xbox One and some of its games. It's not necessarily a problem, but the FTC alleged uh, that the YouTubers failed, like we talked about last week with the other YouTubers, they failed to disclose that they were being paid to present the objectives of these videos. Each one did two videos, and they got paid combined total $45,000 between them both to make two videos each. Yeah. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you say about this? 
Yeah, I mean, as soon as I heard it, it was it's just really un, it's really unfortunate. I mean, we're in this sort of this. I, I don't want to. People refer to it as the golden age of television because how everything's changing with television, with Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, etc. And I feel like we're kind of in the golden age of video games a little bit. Like we're, they're they're more respected. They're they're seen as this this way to make a living, whether you play professionally or you're a content creator or a streamer. And I just think that this this is really unfortunate, and especially when there's just so much cynicism and skepticism about a lot of these big content creators. This is incredibly damning to see this. And I mean, just the one content creator alone got thirty thousand dollars to create two videos. I mean, this guy's getting the salary of a teacher to make two videos. You know, where he he's making the Xbox One look good. And my problem with it is this. Okay, it's I don't think it would have affected anything had he said this is a sponsored video. That's all they have to do. It's not hard. That's the point I made in my blog today. It is not that freaking hard to say it's sponsored. You don't have to put it in the title of your video because I know if you put it in the title of your video, you'll probably get a, you know, the view count will drop right. significantly. Right. But right at the outset, just say, or in the middle somewhere, say, this is a sponsored video. I have you know this is this is a video I've been paid to make, and I'm just going to share my thoughts about the Xbox One. Right. That's all you got to do. I don't think it. I don't think it hurts you as a content creator. I don't think it hurts the video. And I think what it does is it lets people know. Oh, okay. I can I can kind of take this with a grain of salt. That's why I think Machinima is full of it when they say, "Oh, it's the content creators. It's all." Well, of them. course, it's they're like, full of it. They, they they're settling right when you right, settle. That's that's a that's that's guilt right there. Right. And and the thing is, is it's like. You can't sit here and tell me that you would pay somebody $30,000 to create objective, unbiased content. That, that's a marketing contract. You are contracting them to be a marketing mouthpiece, so it's bull. Everybody knows what they're doing is wrong, and they got caught. My concern is that this is going to unravel into a bigger – there's going to be a bunch of other they, YouTubers oh, yeah. and, and, and uh, play, play people like Machinima that get found out. And then the whole thing's just going to unravel, and then I'm worried that it's going to become harder and harder to be a content creator on YouTube because of the hoops you're going to have to jump through. Um, and look, I get it. I, I totally get it. If I was in that situation, you know there's a line of YouTubers behind you that are going to sign on that dotted line and take that fat check. Yeah. And you also know that if you sour the relationship with Machinima or Microsoft or whoever, you sour that relationship by kind of crossing your arms and being principled. I'm not justifying. I'm just saying if you do that, that, in, that inevitably hurts you as a content creator because then you lose access to early content. You don't get invited to special events. All those things that are wonderful to leverage uh, content relevancy, you lose all that if you sour those relationships. I just think that there needs to be more transparency, and I really think that these companies would see they're not going to lose the viewership, the traction, and the marketing marketing punch. They just need transparency. Right. Well – here, I'll put it in perspective. Like, for instance, on the Bungie stream yesterday, right, they gave out those uh, limited edition PlayStations to all the people that helped out, you know, Goth, Broman, uh, Lauren. Um, if Let's just say they didn't announce that, okay? And they just handed the PlayStations over to Gathalion and Broman without saying anything, right? And they said, hey, when you go on stream, this is a, this is a, a gift to give out to your stream. But they don't... They don't say, hey, guys, this is a limited edition Destiny PlayStation uh, given to me by Bungie to give to you guys, right? 
they could take credit for it and go, all right, I'm taking this limited edition Destiny and I'm giving it out to the next person without ever giving credit to Bungie. Okay, that is wrong, right? So that's exactly how it is. They, they're getting it. They, they were told that they're getting it. They knew they were getting it like the day before, right? And now they're giving it out to the, to the public, but it's disclosed. And that's all you have to do. All you have to do is disclose what you're doing. No one's going to hate you for it. And if the people do hate you for it, for, I don't know, selling out to the man because you're trying to make a living, um, well, then those people don't need to be your subscribers or your followers, right? I mean, yeah. you, you, it's a business. YouTubers are a business, right? Just like any other job. If I have a nine to five, I get in my car and I drive to the office. Okay. It's the same thing that they're doing every day, right? They're trying to make a living. They're trying to feed their families. They're trying to do the stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's just dirty. When they take money, when they don't disclose something, when all it takes is saying, Hey, generation X gaming is brought to you by, you know, non, non Coca-Cola, right? Because I, you know, if Coca-Cola was a sponsor, I would say Coca-Cola is a sponsor, which they are not. Okay. So, but that's what you would have to do. And it doesn't, you as the content creator, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot to do that. I I feel that they, they feel, I think if they did that and came out with it, that their community or their subscribers would go, Oh, he sold out. That's it. He's not, he's no longer uh, biased to, Whatever he says now, he's bought. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think, though, over time, and here, here's, the, here's the problem I have with how they've kind of gone about this, is that it's just a, dis, it's a real disrespect to their loyal fans because you're so worried about the few vocal you know, trolls that would be like, well, I'm not, this is just another sponsored video. I'm unsubscribing or I'm not going right. to watch this. Well, fine. Like they don't understand that you spend hours creating content to make a living, and part of that that ethos and that economy is that you're going to get paid to make certain videos about certain things, and then that should be fine. And, and again, I think over time, if you've got a, a clear distinction between a sponsored video and a non-sponsored video, your true fans would understand what's going on, and they would know that when a sponsored video pops up, watch it. Help them out, support them, give them the give them the revenue and the ad clicks, right. but take it with a grain of salt because it's a paid for video. And then your other genuine, you know, self created original content would be, I think, to a certain degree, more more potent and more meaningful to them. Because now it's like you just insulted your entire fan base. Absolutely, you're like, well, we don't we don't actually. I'm so worried about losing you as a follower. I'm basically just going to mislead you and not let you know what's mm-hmm. truly going right, you, on. You Brian Gumbled them, right? Not, right. <laughs> is that what the uh, guy no, Brian? Uh, not Brian Gumbel. Uh, uh, gracious, we talked about it last week, and his name just Brian, his name, uh, Brian Williams, right? No, Brian Williams. Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do think it's just a disrespect to the followers because, again, and I've talked about this with Twitch streaming, like worrying if you do a certain thing, if people are going to leave, like if you do your station identification or whatever you're doing, like, and if you're worried people are going to leave, those people that are going to unsub and unfollow and be and be a hater, you right. know, be a 30-second hater and then, va- and then vacate, they were never a true supporter Absolutely. to begin with. Right. So I, I just think that... And I don't know what the net, the answer here is because the FTC obviously is going to come down with regulations. But like everything, I, I think these companies are going to come up with ways around it, loopholes, etc. And that's why I think there needs to be some sort of gamer review alliance or something that forms oh, as a you means don't, of account. Of, uh, you don't need uh, a union. You don't need a union. 
No, 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 not a union. Just, a, just a, just a way to hold people accountable. And if, a, and if a, a YouTuber or content creator gets found out for being untruthful, I think they should be blacklisted. Like this is a not, this is not a trustworthy source of information as a way not to be punitive or like a witch hunt, but to protect gamers. Right. It's like right. this is this is a. a a sinister and deceptive thing to have people making videos that could mislead people, right. especially in the day of age, this day of age where like video games can be so bad and you just feel like you got, you know, you feel like you wasted your money. Well, I want to go back to what you said before. If, if the one YouTuber didn't take money, there's always someone that's there to take the money. Well, what I have to say about that in my field, right? Cause I'm in television and film. Um, I get X amount of dollars. I won't leave my house to get a job unless this, set of X amount of dollars is hit, okay? Where a person coming out of school, okay, especially since I live in Orlando and there's a, a college down the street that's uh, called Full Sail, okay? And everyone that pops out of there is a game designer, a music producer, a film director, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? They never had any experience on a job. They come out and so they'll call me first and I'll say, well, you're not hitting my X amount of dollars, so I'm not going to do the job. So... They say, oh, well, we're paying, let's say, $100 a day, right? Well, the PA or the intern that comes out of school is looking and hungry, right? And is going to take that job for, for $100. And what they don't understand because they're, they're starving, okay? They're starving artists that they're actually hurting themselves in the long run, right? Because the cream rises to the top, okay? And they're now setting the bar for themselves because they took that money for $100 for a 12-hour workday, Okay, the next job they get, they're going to do the exact same thing for the exact same amount of money. Okay, and they're working their ass off, right, for three days, let's say. Okay, where I can work for half a day or one day and get paid what they get paid within 10 jobs. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these YouTube creators, they feel because they, if they don't take this money for to make a good spot, that that's it. They're never going to get another opportunity again. But if they were really true, good content creators, people would come to them. They would get other offers. And if they were, they were honest about it, then the cream would rise to the top. The people that are not the cream fall off. There's a lot of people on YouTube and a lot of people on Twitch that do it because it's a, they go, oh, well, I see someone else doing it and they're going to do it. But how long are that, is that person going to be dedicated and stay right. with it? You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna start backing off, and there's always gonna be a new fluctuation of people. So yeah, well, and I I kind of said something similar to somebody on Facebook a while back. I you know I do graphic design, and this local business was asking for graphic designers to submit their portfolios, and they were gonna pick a random per like a person that they thought was you know good good for the job or whatever, and they were gonna they were gonna award them a hundred dollars. And that to do the job or whatever, and I was like, and I commented and I said, look, as someone who does this to pay right. my bills, you're insulting to my me. Family, I really don't appreciate this because you're devaluing right. what I do as a graphic designer. You're giving people an impression that this is what it is. And the, and the example I gave was, I said, if you had a plumbing problem, would you ask for a portfolio of all these plumbers and then tell them, well, congratulations, such and such plumber, you just got $100 and you can come do the job. It's a preset price. Right. Like you're devaluing what the plumber might have to do. You might have to take longer. I said, you're probably going to get shoddy work because <laughs> right. the only person that's going to accept it, like you said, is someone who's hungry. Right. That's my problem with this situation is that they've now devalued. They've kind of, they've kind of soured it for everybody. Yep. As, a, as an aspiring Twitch streamer and YouTuber, 
Uber. You just made it harder for me because you just soured the pool, and yes. now people are a little bit more now skeptical they got this and cynical. Bad taste on the tip of their tongue. Right, yep. Of content creators, so it's like you got all the way to the top, and you're incredibly wealthy. And you know, I guess that you know that's the American way, right? The right. people at the top screw everyone else, right? Screw right. everybody else, you know. And it's like you just soured it for the rest of us, and and for what? And for what? Like you make, they make so much money. These content creators, that thirty thousand sounds like a dream to me, but to the, but to that guy with like, what, I think the one video got seven hundred and seventy thousand views. Like, right. That kind of steady viewership. Right. That thirty thousand was nothing. To right. Him. Thirty thousand plus whatever his viewership was on that video right because he gets he gets royalties on off that so yeah yeah so i just that that's another thing that really as as somebody else who's attempting to dip my foot into a very populated and super competitive pool you just made it all the more harder and turbulent for me to get any sort of uh headway absolutely yeah it's 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 a it's a shame all right so the best I can say there is if uh anybody in chat or anyone watches this later on if you're a youtube creator uh don't be a dick, right? Just just disclose what you're doing. If if you're wearing a pair of Nike shoes uh, and you're not wearing them because you love Nike and they told you to wear them, you know, or if you're wearing a shirt, you know, if if Lono's wearing established by 1981, you want to you want to say anything, Lono? Do you want to you want to? <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, is that. I the I, I want to have a silver lining. Like I always try to like, what's is there any positive element that can come out of this? The silver lining is that hopefully, this this maybe scares people away from doing something they were maybe tempted to do. Maybe it scares other businesses away from doing it because the bad PR, the like the settlement, the fine, whatever they're going to have to pay, hopefully is daunting and scary enough to keep people from doing this that might be considering it. Because I know it's got to be super tempting, and I know it's got to be alluring, and hopefully. Um, you know, it scares people away. And also, silver lining for us smaller guys, maybe it'll just create this more... I, I know this exists in Twitch a little ne- bit. There's next this, guy up. Uh, there's this affinity for the little guy. Right. It's like, well, the little guy's right. honest, and he's not selling out. So it could help. I mean, you know, I, like I said, it, it's it's making it harder on us. I could be wrong. It could make it a little easier. Maybe, maybe the little guys will get a little bit more attention, a little bit more love, because... We're not, you know, five million followers strong with, you know, sellout videos. If if someone offered me thirty thousand dollars to do something and I didn't disclose it, um, and if I knew that could hurt me in the long run, I definitely I wouldn't do it. That's just the kind of person I am, though. You know, I, right. I thirty thousand short term, uh, and what I could do exponentially later um, is not worth that thirty thousand. No, it's not, and I make that point in my blog. I said, look, you're losing credibility and respectability, which is an invaluable currency because that's not something you can get back. Like right. if you lose some money in the laundry or in a bad in a bad deal, a bad business deal, you can get that money back through a lot of effort. Gaining back credibility and respectability is to a certain degree almost impossible in this day and age because this social media activist you know, generation that we're in, you are crucified and thrown to the curb when you make mistakes like this. And I just think they, they cost them a whole lot more than $30,000 Absolutely. To, to do this. All right. So let's go on to the next story. Uh, chat. Let's see. I'm 33 and still gaming. Actually, I'm 37. I just made this gamer tag a long time ago. Um, what else is going on? Big Mama, thank you very much for, for being a mod. I got to make you a mod. Um, next story up is... Apple TV supposedly coming out this uh, 
this uh, September 9th, they're supposed to be announcing uh, a new Apple TV. Now, let me bring up my notes here. So, Apple TV box uh, event is on September 9th. The trade publication, uh, 9 to 5, this is from uh, GamesBeat, the article is. Uh, it says it's the fourth generation box that will be the first Apple living room device that actively competes with video game consoles. Thanks to the new hardware, software, uh, all targeted at gamers. All right, so the price point of this thing, supposedly, they have suggested a new Apple TV will cost anywhere between 150, well, 149 or 199 and shipped with built-in App Store and Siri voice command support. Um, if Apple targets its marketing gamers thanks to this feature, such as Bluetooth controller support, I don't know, Bluetooth support, Bluetooth controllers are not very good. They, they, they tend to not be as uh, accurate. So um, Apple typically throws on the marketing dollars, uh, broader audience, it says here, but there's some serious competition. What do you think about the Apple TV I don't even think it's going to be competition. Do you think it's even going to break into the market with all this other other game systems coming out, like Steam's controller and Steam's box, and Alienware's got a box, and my mom's making a box? I mean... Well, and... Well, there's just a generally accepted economic reality that once certain, you know, established brands and names that are synonymous with whatever it is you're trying to sell... It's incredibly hard to enter the market. Like if you decided you want to start a car company right now today, it'd be almost impossible to have that relevancy, that top of mind brand awareness. And I know Apple has the name, so they have that kind of in their corner. But I think in general, when you have that established like saturated console fan base, I just don't see – I think there's two realities working against that really luring gamers away. The first is how many consoles are already in circulation and how many more are going to be in circulation after this year at Christmas. I think Xbox is going to have a big spike in sales because of things that they have done with backwards compatibility and the the launch launch of Halo. They've got a lot. They're they're banging on all cylinders, which is exciting to see. So I I think that is working against Apple TV. The other thing I think that's working against Apple TV is all of the research that shows the average age of gamers is like mid-30s. And I think that's because the lion's share of the community are guys like us. We grew up gaming, and we've gone through the metamorphosis of gaming from Super Mario to GoldenEye to Gears of War. There's just this metamorphosis, and that sets expectations and desires. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so easy to be dissatisfied with new games because we expect there to be this big jump in experience because that's been our experience growing up. Super Mario is worlds different than GoldenEye. Right, right, right. Gears of War is worlds different than GoldenEye. So there's this this trajectory, and I feel like mobile apps feel like a step back. Mobile games, I don't really feel any pull to mobile games at all. They feel like a big downgrade uh, in fun and innovation. Now, I don't want to slam. I know there's a lot of really creative developers out there, and they come up with really cool games. I think Apple TV, with the way they're doing it, is probably more marketed toward uh, younger kids that love those apps and perhaps moms and dads that enjoy casual gaming and they watch, you know, they like to watch um, yeah, but taken, you know, movies and stuff. But taken, What's okay, that? everyone has an Apple phone in, well, not everybody, but a huge part of the market has got Apple phones, right? I have an Apple phone and there's all these apps on there, right? But they're on mobile devices. So now that you take that mobile device and just throw it on my TV screen, does that mean it's going up against the consoles? Do you know what I mean? Like because there's there, there's some good games like Van uh, was it uh, Van Glory? 
that's on the uh, the the iPad that that MOBA. That's a that's an awesome game. Okay, but I wouldn't consider that a console killer, right? I just think that right. it's a good game because of where it's at. It's on the iPad, right? If it was on the PC or if it was on, it wouldn't get as market share because it's going up against the big guys, Dota and, and League of Legends. Okay, so. I don't know if Apple TV. I I'm an Apple guy, right? The computer I use. I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Apple. I'm disclosing that, all right. But I'm also I have a good opinion on both things here. Um, I use PCs, but I use Apple's because of video editing and stuff, right? So I have an Apple TV. I have an iPhone, and why? Because they all work together, and that's why I'm in that in that realm. Um, the Apple TV I use all the time for Netflix and stuff. I don't know if I would use it for gaming. I try to, you know, do a AirPlay when I'm playing like Fallout Shelter on my TV. And it's just kind of weird because you're looking at the television, but you still have to look at your iPad, okay, to actually work because it's touchscreen, right? And you don't really see what you're touching on the actual big screen because your brain just can't can't fathom what's going on, right? So now they're turning in your, your iPhone into a Bluetooth controller, okay? So... Now you're using your iPhone to play this console game on your television with your phone. Now your phone's going to die. I don't I don't really find it. I don't think they're going to break in. I don't want to say that they'll break in, but I don't think they'll have a, a major market share in the consoles going up against the big boys of PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, I'll, I'll even put the Wii in there, even though it's not. <laughs> the Wii well, is just bad. The, the Wii U is bad. And I think the, the, the mobile app marketplace, there's just there's a sense of... There, there's there's a lack of immersive longevity with those games. Most of the big games, whether it's Flappy Bird or uh, what's the one where you're running? Uh, I forget the name of it. Um, oh, um, or Fruit Ninja or Angry Birds. There's this there's this sort of quick accessibility and then put it down. And I think that lack of immersive design and experiential sort of development. I don't think that's going to translate well to a really big television like. Playing Angry Birds on my TV or uh, Temple Run—that's the one. Temple Run. There's just this there's this casualness to the games because of the nature of the platform that they're on. So I don't see a lot of developers ri- having that high risk of time investment and 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 money investment. Usually they're backed by some publisher that wants a big ROI. I don't see any developers being like, well, we're really going to try and develop this immersive experience for the Apple TV because if you look at the trend of mobile apps, they're generally very similar. My wife plays all these different games. I try to tell her, I'm like, babe, they're all like this illusion of a game. It's just a slot machine. You're, you're just, <laughs> right. It just takes a different shape and size. It's not Candy Crush, but it's Candy Crush. Right. So I just don't think that's going to pull gamers away. I, I, again, I think, they're more, I think their target audience is very different than gamers. Now – if Apple TV throws a huge wrench in the thing and has a game company making an exclusive title for them, then that would be something interesting. Or maybe if they brought a big title over, because Halo was an original Mac game. It was, uh, you know, uh, Bungie was a Mac company back in the day, and it was supposed to be a real-time strategy game, which then turned into the first-person shooter. So who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll announce at September 9th that... Halo, you know, Halo Five is coming out on Apple TV. Who knows? You know yeah, that it's... that could do something. That could do something. Just to play devil's well, advocate. Yeah, I, I would. That would be the wrong title to, to make a speculation about. I mean, three four three is probably pretty loyal to Microsoft, but 
um, you could see some titles maybe get get brought over if Apple throws enough money at a at a development team to say, hey, we really want this this game to come over. Um, it could it could certainly happen. Um, it would have to be a lot of money though, because again, if it does, it ports tend to tend to run very poorly. If we look right. at Batman Arkham Knight, so I just think that there'd be a, a lot of risk there for bad PR. You don't want your product poorly represented because of a bad port to Apple TV, like, well, great, now, you know, whatever the title is, Sea of Thieves by Rare. Like, if Sea of Thieves by Rare gets ported after it launches to Apple TV and runs terribly on Apple TV, that's bad for their product right. as far as getting that bad reputation. It'll be interesting to see, though, because with this cloud-based system that Xbox is doing with, like, Crackdown 3, let's see if Apple's harnessing that power because, I mean, the Apple TV box supposedly, you know, can fit in my hand. So if it can start producing the power of an Xbox or PlayStation. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess we'll see. I love that Destiny in depth said those games are meant to be played in the bathroom. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another person said they never play the games longer than a month. And I just think that's the right. challenge is right. that that's a challenge facing console games is that gamers are so ravenous. They rip through the content in a week and they're like, there wasn't enough content. It's right. like, well, you played it. You binge played for 12 hours a day. Right. So I think that'd get be a job, just... you loser. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be another, that'd be another dilemma for mobile app developers is how are you going to develop anything that has longevity right. enough to be monetarily like profitable? Right, right. All right, real quick. Hey, guys, just to let you know in chat, um, I just turned on the, the loyalty reward. Big Mama reminded me. Um, there is a loyalty program in my chat. Uh, the long, the, every minute that you stay in chat, you get a lurker coin. Um, those lurker coins can be used for rewards. Uh, during my actual stream, you can uh, play with me. You can skip songs. You can request songs. Um, there's a bunch of different rewards. You can, there's competitions. There's gambling. Uh, there's a bunch of different stuff that can go on in the chat. So enjoy that. That's, uh, that's free, free of charge. You don't even have to follow, but we really appreciate it if you do. All right, so next story, third story. Um, this is a real quick one. Um, Ashton Kutcher, right? I, I truly hate this man. I don't know why. He, he's done nothing personally to me. <laughs> um, he's done nothing personally to me, but I just, I just don't like him. And now he's with, you know, one of my ones that my wife would let me cheat on her with, which is... Um, um, Oh God, Mina Kunitz. Uh, she is just a beautiful woman. Uh, she's on my my list, and my wife said if I ever met her in real life, that she'd be okay with it. So I'm mad. I think that's why I hate the man because he married her, and you know he, he's a lucky lucky man. <laughs> so anyway, he uh, invested in this esports startup. Um, how would you pronounce that again? What would you say it was? It was called Unicorn. Yeah, I think it's Unicorn. Unicorn. Um, it sounds like you're saying unicorn with a really bad speech impediment. It's not a good brand. Right. Name, that's how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> so basically what they did, um, the billionaire Mark Cuban invested in this company, and now Ashton Kutcher did, uh, along with some other people. Um, the venture capitalists, uh, a, a venture capitalist uh, in the story, uh, he started uh, following a $7 million investment, included Cuban, the deal to another sign of esports maturing as entrepreneurs. Is this a good sign that... Now that Mark Cuban and other billionaires are investing into esports, I mean, is this now? Now they're taking it seriously. You know what I mean? Because they can find a way to make money. I th well, I think it can do. It's probably going to do two things. I think gamers are probably going to get a little miffed, which I think they need to kind of relax. I mean, the, the response to Jimmy Kimmel was a little over the top. I oh, mean, I think he's a comedian. That, he's a comedian, right? He's a comedian, but I do think you're going to see similar reactions here, like, oh, you know, it's going to corrupt the the industry. All these big money guys are going to get behind it. 
I actually would say this is a good thing. It can really legitimize what is already legitimate. I, I think right. that esports, Twitch streaming, Twitch streaming has surpassed uh, CNN and MTV in viewership, and I think that there are others. There are other big established um, channels that are going to get passed. I think Twitch streaming and esports is the new medium of entertainment, and it's only going to get bigger because games are not limited by like football is football right video games are always changing and innovating because of the natural trajectory and progress of technology so i don't think this is going to shrink and i think this could be really good for people to kind of wake up and be like now wait a minute mark cuban's getting behind us like that's a dude on shark tank yeah, it like, gives I us think some it could... gives some qual uh, you know qualification of you know evidence right, of, like, of what's okay. going on <laughs> there's there's not just money to be made here, but this is this is becoming a big business and industry, uh, which I think is good for everyone. I, I think the natural we're just sort of as gamers we can be so averse to anything mainstream, which is hypocritical. Gaming is mainstream, so you can't really be anti-mainstream. So I would say this is overall a good thing, even if it, even if it goes south and doesn't go well and, and tanks. It's going to draw a lot of attention and legitimate. Uh, it's going to really legitimize things that are kind of already in place. This is just going to come along, I think, and, and be another thing to put it in the news and make people aware of it, especially with the name Mark Cuban attached to it. Right. Look at this guy's face. He looks. That's that's a grin of a billionaire. He's like, I'm a billionaire, and you can you can kiss it. <laughs> you can have a better DX racer chair. Like, right. Right. I, you think he did he raise that on his stream? Do you think, or do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do you think he? Do you think he even knew what, that, what the razor chair? You know what, what the razor chair was. Yeah. They're just like they're just like, okay. hey, just sit in this chair. This is this is uh, ominous of 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 big gaming and esports. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I think them getting involved, I think, is good. But it's well, Ashton. Let me let me put it this way: Ashton Kutcher has invested in a lot of different things. He has his own production company. He has he invested in, um, uh, I believe, Kodak um, for the for the, uh, the camera. That's why he was also one of the, uh, sponsors disclosed. He disclosed that, right. He, or Nikon, Nikon, sorry, not Kodak, Nikon. Um, so he's, he's done a lot of investing. Of course, Mark Cuban's invested in thousands and thousands of different ventures, especially if it has to do with computers. Um, he's a pretty tech savvy guy. So him, I'm more impressed with Mark Cuban getting behind it than I am Ashton Kutcher. You know what I mean? I mean, I really don't care. Ashton Kutcher could be Bob Smith, the most generic name ever created as long as he's behind it and has the right intentions to, to do it, you know, and, and bring it to the forefront. You know, I mean, ESPN for God's sakes, televised the, uh, the championships, uh, a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I think ESPN televising the championships, I think that's actually one of the reasons the response to Jimmy Kimmel was so ravenous because when that happened, there was immense sort of, cynical mockery and outcry from people who are like, well, I have video games on ESPN. And it's sort of like, well, unless you've been sleeping under a rock for the last two years, this is a big deal now. Like arenas sell out in minutes oh, yeah. Yeah. for tickets to go watch this stuff. <laughs> You're clueless. And it's just kind of funny that you watch a bunch of big sweaty guys run around a field and run into each other and you think that's legitimate, but it's not legitimate to watch somebody else do something that they're really good at. Like, 
I, like professional sports to me is should leave plenty of room uh, for esports because of what it is, and I think that I do think though that's why people responded the way they did to Jimmy Kimmel. There's just that's a sore spot, yeah, and people just tend to they, overreact, and then if you know, they if they get offended by it though, remove the stick from your ass because he's a comedian and he makes fun of people all the time, and now because it's in the forefront, I'm just pissed he didn't mention Twitch, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you mentioned YouTube. Fucking YouTube's been on uh, for like three days prior to this, and he mentions yeah. YouTube. I guarantee you YouTube paid him. Paid him to say something about it. Oh, it's 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 potential. Yeah, there's a very potential. I, well, probably, I mean, because they probably... I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more likes and revenue from YouTube because oh, TV absolutely. viewership is just universally down. Right. And his, his YouTube videos usually do very well, oh, especially yeah. the ones where he has the parents trick their kids. Trick the kids, yeah. Those are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this just falls in the same vein as when, a, as when a comedian makes a joke on Twitter that is, like, sexist, and they get completely decimated by these, these, social, these social media activists that a week later don't care, right. but it's just an opportunity to go crazy on the internet. I think this is the same vein... And a lot of it's just people mimicking behavior. Mm-hmm. This person didn't something I, I, you know, did something I didn't like. Let's rail against them. that. So it, was, think- it was marketing. It was marketing for YouTube. Let's just yeah. be honest. What, what, what it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where I stand on that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't personally care. He can trash. Hey, you know what, Jimmy Kimmel, open invitation. Uh, go ahead and trash my show, Generation X Gaming, on Twitch. <laughs> I'll right. be more than happy to take it. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Just totally make fun. And that's the thing is if you if you take it in stride, you, you it's far it's far better. Boogie's got a great video on it. I mean, I think Boogie captured it very well. Why he captured I, I, yeah, why I like, people I like, like watching to watch, Boogie. but he also captured why we shouldn't respond that well, way. Well, here's the best thing. Um, my dad came up this past week because my, my one-year-old just had his first birthday. And uh, so I told my dad, he's like, he came into my office and was like, what the hell is all this? Because he hasn't been here in a long time. And I'm like, well, I, I stream on the internet and I, you know, I play video games on the internet. And he's like, what? He's like 67 years old, right? He literally just got an iPhone like six months ago, and he's like hooked yeah. on like slot machines on the, on, the, on the iPhone. So I sat him down in the living room, and I turned on um, the championships of, from last year, showed him that they fill stadiums up. And he was just like, what? You're telling me there's 35,000 people in a stadium watching someone play a video game? I'm like, yeah. He goes, this is stupid. So 10 minutes later, I turn on Twitch because they're at PAX, uh, PAX uh, Prime. And he's watching the tournament. Uh, I forget what it was called. A pole. It was that pole game where the the guys were holding on to poles and they were hitting a ball on a on a string. I don't know. I, someone in the chat maybe knows the name uh, of the thing. It's like ball railer or something. It was stick figures holding a pole vault, hitting a ball into a net. Right. It was it was pretty pretty hilarious. He literally sat there and was rooting. Rooting for the people playing, he's like, "Come on, get it!" Like, like a, he was watching a soccer match, okay. And I'm like, "Hmm, Dad, um, that's interesting. You're you're watching someone play a video game, and you're getting really involved into it." And he's like, "Well, you know, it was, it was just, <laughs> it was just cool, you know." And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, see, I'm like, there's something out there, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about this stuff that." Uh, well, there's just something about watching someone who's very good at something. Like B- Bob Ross had an entire career painting on television, yep. like. I just think that you know video games especially like it's it's so entertaining and I made this point I, I forget where I made this point it might have been on your show 
where else can you do this? Like, if you love something and you want to, like, if you love basketball, you can't have this. Com- you can't have this communal, instant community. Like, oh, you love basketball too, and you live in California right. or you live in, you know, the UK. <laughs> just this, the unity of gamers. I think oh, what uh, is what's so cool about Twitch. I just think people are missing out. Right. Uh, another thing with the, uh, with the way. Uh oh, my Safari just crashed on me. Um, another oh, thing. No about uh, just esports in general, right? Back in the day, when someone started playing baseball for the very first time, okay, they were like, what is this? You're hitting a, a stick with a ball? Like, what? this is so stupid. Who's going to like this? And then here we are over 100 years later, they're playing a game, right? I mean, it's the same. It's a right. game. It's a game. It was a game outside, and now we have games inside, and they're becoming real reality. I always joked about it that someone would be a professional virtual golfer playing like Tiger Woods Golf, and getting paid millions of dollars being on the pro circuit. And we're close. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, and if you think about the dawn of baseball, I actually have a theory about why baseball became so popular. It's a sport you can listen to. And it became popularized during sort of the dawn of radios in everybody's home. And so it was such an easy sport to listen to. And so, I, But I think if you kind of rewind the clock, it's like, wait, you're going to listen to a sport? You're literally just going to sit and listen right. to them sort of announce it? I think if a sport like baseball tried to become popularized now with sort of the dawn of like hype, like super hyper fast quick <laughs> sports, it wouldn't compete because it'd be like, nothing's happening. Right, right. But it's a sport you can listen to. And I think the radio played a huge part in that. And I think Twitch is right in line with that. I have people that watch my stream and, do, and like they're at work and they just put a headphone in and listen to me. And I'm like, are you crazy? That, like, that, I cannot be that interesting. Right. But they love it. Like, they, I think you just feel connected to the world that you love so much. And it's just like, what? where else can you do that? Where else could you plug in all day to baseball, basketball, fans, and people that are playing? Right. I just think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Well, baseball, it's just, plus it's so you much can, fun to be part of it. Plus, you can sleep during baseball and wake up and still not miss anything. So it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a, I mean, hell, they even have an inning in there called the seventh inning stretch, right? So when you get up and you're like, ah, oh, I'm done with my nap. This is where the action starts after the seventh inning. You know, I right. love, I love baseball. Yeah. All right. So the last story, um, I'm not even going to pop it up on the screen. It's just Star Wars, uh, Battlefront. Uh, the upcoming beta was announced that it's opened up to everybody. I'm super excited about this. Super excited. Um, did you get to play at all the, uh, the beta or the closed beta? No, I avoid closed betas. I don't have to, I, if I'm playing, I'm streaming, so I just don't have time for closed okay. betas. Um, did you did you go to E3? Did you play it? No, you didn't play it at all. No, I've not gotten to go to any of the big events. Okay. I can't get afford I, it. I played the closed beta, and let me tell you, man, oh, the, you think the fire looks good in 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 Mad Max, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the explosions and stuff. The, watching it. Watching it on YouTube and stuff like that, um, unless you're watching it like 1080p or whatever, 4K or whatever YouTube can do, you really don't grasp how crisp and clear the explosions and the sound. The sound it's like you're in the it's like you're in the movie. It's 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 amazing. I'm super stoked to have it open beta now, so now I can play with my friends and stuff. So. Shut up! Don't say anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you said that. Um, yeah, I'm excited that it's open. I, you know, I've got a, I've got a post coming about how I think closed betas and and D, uh, whatever <laughs> they called, uh, not NDAs, non-disclosed agreements. I think they're annoying. I think they're annoying, but I think they're good news. Right. So because I think the not the NDA, the non-disclosed agreement, and the closed beta, it's proof 
that gamers have a lot of power now that we didn't used to have. Right. And I also think the betas are a sign of health in the industry that they, they're wanting and striving for a much more polished product before launch. So I think we're in a great, great place now. Even though it's annoying, I really wanted to get into the beta of Gigantic and stream it, but they're being real weird and, you know, whatever. I, right. That's fine. They want to reward the people who've been playing since the beginning, and that's fine. So when I saw this news, I was very, very excited. I'm like, just open the floodgates. Let us all play it. Let us all stream it. Um, I understand closed betas. You don't want your unpolished product just out there and, and risking like publishers are never going to allow that. Just it's too too risky to just totally damage uh, sales forecasts. So I understand it. I'm psyched. I when I saw the footage E3, it's instantly nostalgic. It sounds yeah. amazing, and I'm not even playing it. I'm just watching watching through a stream. I'm right. not, I'm not playing it HD or anything yet. I'm right. just like I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Oh, I see what why why Com was all freaking out. He thought we were about to trash the game. No, oh, no, no, no. no, we were, we were, we're okay, we're okay, calm down, take a deep breath, get a paper bag. I actually, I actually don't think Star Wars Battlefront can fail, I, I, like, it cannot fail, it's gonna be so praised and loved by Star Wars fans. Right, just the Star Wars I, fans alone will make it survive. That's why I think of not doing a campaign was brilliant. You just sort of remove yourself from that ever watchful eye of the purest fans who'd be like, you didn't do this person right or whatever. It's like, no, we're just, it's just a fun online game. Right. It's the fans don't, the fans cannot attack us for being Right. This inaccurate. is, this is the first rendition of the game. When the second one comes out, I mean, this is literally a remake, a reboot, as you could say, from the first game. Right, they did. They they took some stuff. If you ever played the very first one, very fun, like arcadeish type game. Um, you know, it didn't have space battles in it. Every I know everyone was freaking out because this one didn't have space battles. Well, the first one never had space battles, and this is a reboot of the original Battlefront series. The second one had space battles, and I'll tell you what, that was the most lacklustering part of the game was the space battles. The space battles were yeah. just kind of long and. They, the flight mechanic didn't seem correct and stuff like that. So I'm okay with them not having a space battle. I'm also okay with them having the, the squadron fighting looks freaking amazing. Okay, now I joked with uh, Sarge on the show a couple weeks ago. When I watched that footage and how fast those uh, fighter pilots are moving, okay, and now it's uh, 10 versus 10 and then it's another 10 versus 10 uh, AI, so it's 20 versus 20 and the squadron. When people first get in those things... They're not going to know what the hell they're doing. You're just going to see planes falling out of the sky because they, they're they moving so fast. They're going to be like, move the stick, and all of a sudden they're just nosedive into the ground. You're going to see the AI still up there, so it's going to look pretty cool. But it's going to be freaking amazing. I want to use the different F word there, but freaking amazing. Okay, I'm super stoked about this. Um, I'm playing Destiny until this comes out. Fallout comes out a week before. I'll play Fallout, and then... Uh, Fallout's going to take a back seat to my Star Wars game because I'm going to stream probably for two weeks straight putting Destiny on the shelf because I already have, what, two months of Destiny in there, uh, and then I can take a break and then come yeah. back in December when they tease me with another DLC. Um, but Star Wars is going to be the main main thing, and I'm going, to give, I'm going to be up there. I don't care how far down the list I am on Star Wars stream, but you'll find me there every day playing the Star Wars game. Yeah, just stream, just stream the big games. Like I, that, that fear of being a small streamer. Like I, I just do it. I mean, you're you're putting yourself there. The, the alternative is to not do it at all, and it's like you might as well jump in the big pool because you're going to get. The, I, I firmly believe you if you're interactive, you will get the trickle down. Right. You will. It's obviously 
when you're in the 40s and 50s, that trickle down is a little bit better. When you're in the hundreds, it's even better. So like right. I, I know that the trickle gets thinner as it gets down, but I still think you're far better off doing it than not. I'm just wondering with Star Wars, with the inclusion of all the different game modes, what the community is going to look like in a couple of months after it comes oh, out. Because right. you're going to have the small 10v10 team deathmatch that they announced called Blast. Right. No vehicles, small, unique maps that are not the big maps. They're not even condensed versions of those. They're their own right. unique maps. Then there's the big sort of normal, what you'd expect from a Battlefield game. There's vehicles. The large ones, yep. The large ones. And then there's the aerial combat, which I think that's what you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, the squadron for it. Squadron. I thought it was called aerial combat. Whatever it's called. Dude, yeah, I think it's something I'm squadron. Wondering if, and some people corrected me. They said Battlefield 3 did this and they pulled it off very well, so I could be wrong. I'm just wondering if the com- community is going to get very truncated and like broken up. Because the, the guys that really develop that affinity for the small, sort of just deathmatch, you know shrunken down experience i don't think they're going to like the big experience with the with the vehicles and vice versa the people that like the big experience with vehicles aren't going to like the small stripped down game right and then the people who get really really good at the aerial combat they're going to make that game mode pretty inaccessible to those of us that aren't that good at oh, it. oh yeah when you if you don't know how to fly and you get in a room with someone that does know how to fly you're going to be completely obliterated and you're going to be like i'm never going to play this part again i'm just going to yeah. stay on the ground that's exactly that's exactly what's going to happen yeah, and I agree with you. I think the exclusion of space battles was a smart idea. I'm, I'm going to make my Titanfall argument. I think you've got to keep the scope reasonable, reasonably narrow, or you're going to have a really buggy and imbalanced game. Battlefield 4 had bugs in it for like 372 oh, yeah. days or something and counting, and it was because it was just the scope was enormous, and I think space combat would have done that and probably would have created an even bigger problem with respect to a community that only played space combat and they become experts, and then nobody else wants to go in there, it would become like Trials of Osiris. It's like, I'm not going to go in there and get my head beat in, because I'm not, you know, you're just not good at it. The accessibility right. shrinks. Alright, well, that's all for the, the Star Wars game. Um, we're going to go on to uh, Destiny. Do you want to take a break? Are you okay? Do you want to take a couple minutes break? You're good. I'm good, yeah. All right. I, I typically stream for, you know, six right. or seven hours a day. No, just, just asking, because I know some yeah. people are like, i got to get up and stretch. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. So, alright. <laughs> We'll go into the uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the reveal. I don't have any video brought up or anything like that because I don't know if I'm allowed to show Bungie's stream on Twitch. I so I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. Um, we can just talk about it. Um, I didn't have time to get stills and stuff uh, set. So you hosted the the Bungie reveal yesterday. Um, I watched it on your channel. Um, what I wasn't expecting anything from it, and I said that out loud in your chat yesterday. I, I wasn't really expecting anything. I wanted to see, the only thing I wanted to see was the sword and they kind of showed, I mean, they didn't kind of, they showed me a lot of the sword, but I think it was like uh, what they did on the very first reveal, right? Everything was about the vault, the vault, the vault. And they and they were like really pushing the vault. This time around, they're like, ah, oh, the sword. And then they were like, let's do the sword and sword and sword. And they, I think they showed it too much. And the only thing I have against their reveals is well, they're terrible as far as production-wise. They, they, they're very, very poorly done production-wise. Deej looks like he's like never been in front of a camera before every single time he gets on camera, which is very awkward to me. But, I mean, because he seems like a very personable person where he can talk, right? But when he gets on camera, he talks always like he's on script. Always like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the best part about the reveal yesterday, I really like the mechanics of the boss fights in the public events, uh, like the tethering where that hunter 
tethered the bosses together to keep them in close proximity. What I didn't like was I figured that out by myself without them telling me that. <laughs> okay. They were telling us about everything in the game. And I, yeah, I know it was lower levels, but shut up, Bungie. Let me figure it out. That's what a game is supposed to be, right? How would you like to play Mario for the very first time? And they told you where the hidden tunnels were and how to get across the thing to the very end of the map. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the only thing I, my description, uh, my, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. My only hateful thing of yesterday's reveal was that they were talking too much about how to beat everything. And I know people are like, well, they needed to tell us how to do it. Well, they didn't. They, that's what the game is meant for, you know? Um, so that's my, my two cents on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I think they were probably just erring on the side of showing the content because that's what people really wanted. And I think that is why this was the best reveal out of all of them. I think that's been the general consensus from everybody I've talked to is this was the best reveal. I agree with you. They probably should have just played it and been like, we kind of know what to do. We're not going to really say anything. If you kind of deduce what we're doing, right. great, good Watch. for you. And create that element of like, ooh, people are going to rewatch it and try and dissect what they're doing. I think that would have been better. Absolutely. I, I think they wanted to play the content because um, I kind of started my thoughts with saying everyone's like, oh, they're overleveled again. I think that was a good decision because they had you to. probably yeah. know this. They if had you to. get into something that's really challenging, you get very quiet when you're streaming. Yeah. And it would have been pretty boring to watch three <laughs> people sit there quietly like focused on like every moment because they don't want to die. That'd be boring watching right. them just get killed over and again uh like the Prison of Elders. Right. So I think that they erred on the side of just showcasing the content, which I thought was a great decision. I think Laced Up Lauren was the best guest so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's, a, she's a good player. Talked. Yeah, she's a great player. She's clearly good at the game, which I think is fantastic for all those haters out there that hate on girl gamers. She was on point and knew what the heck she was doing. Um, I wish she would have spoken more because I feel like she probably had really good things to say. But I think it's just one of those things where they got lights on you and you're trying to play and not screw up. Right. Um, so I felt like her interaction was pretty on point. She's a streamer, so she knows she kind of is familiar with playing and talking. As far as the content goes... I mean, I was kind of cheesing over that Soros because that little flip oh, of ADS. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Soros looked like, good. I was like, I don't want to get hyped about guns and gear because I know that's what they want us to do, but I think it looked fantastic. My PSA to people in my YouTube video was do not buy this content if you don't want repetitious content. I feel like they're being very open about that. Right. They re they've repeatedly said, you're going to come back here. You're going to play this over. We kind of want you to retread this ground. They are not They are not hiding that. This is going to be repetitious, but I think from what we've seen, the repetition will be far more tolerable than it was uh, in Vanilla Destiny. I feel like the way the Court of Oryx works, somebody cashes in their rune, you run it, and then you're going to want to cash in your rune and then run it. I think that's organically like the right way to have repetition because it's more like, oh, I'm helping out my buddy. Right. Um, I feel like the gameplay was fantastic. It was. It was. It had that reminiscence of the prison where it gets so dense and intense. You're right on top of the enemies. It took strategy. They weren't bullet sponges. I thought the strategies they come up with were were, were super creative. Uh, I do like Get the strategies. Yeah, I do like the strategies of that. Get them close together. If you kill the wizard, they'll res them, and then they come back with full health. So killing all three wizards at the same time, like, that's going to become... Yeah, juggling I, them, was that, that's going to be insane. Especially, like, on a, on a harder level. I mean... At level. At yeah. level. And I've always said this. You need a context to take your endgame gear. And I think the Prison of Elders was that context, but there was no loot. 
and I feel like the Court of Oryx is going to fix that, hopefully. It's a context to take the best gear that you have at that point and go just wreck and have a blast and potentially get better stuff. That's what. That's how an RPG like this works. If you're going to have us rerunning content, it has to be intense and fun, which it looks like it would be, but it also has to be rewarding. And I think that's where Prison of Elders sort of just fell short. It was like a one. It was like a one-legged horse. It was just like there's nothing else here but you know the content. There was no reward. Now, do you? So I think it, I, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I think it's going to be good. I'm just – I'm, again, worried. I keep telling people, if you don't want repetitious content, don't buy it because I'm going to be thoroughly intolerant of people that spend the $40 and they're like, well, it's just repetitious. Right. You knew that going in. Right. You did. It's so been out for a year. It. Right. It's been out don't for a year. It. You know what the game is. It's not like they're going to change yeah, they're not going to change the identity of the game right. with a $40 right. DLC. And in a way, they kind of are because the leveling mechanic has completely shifted in a good way. But they're not going to change the meat and potatoes way of playing Destiny. Right. They just—I I don't think they had enough development time I, to even conceivably. Do I, I like I like the grinding. I mean, but I played MMOs my whole life basically, so I like I like the grind. What do you think the area is too small for nine people to be there? Now, I also hold on before you answer that question. They said, "Oh well, there's nine people that can play in this public event," and I'm like. Well, 16 people can play in the public event on on the game now, so why are they bragging about nine when it should be still? It should be 16 people. So I was a little, I was a little weird by that, right? First off, because you can play a 16 public event if it never happens because no one's there all at the same time, but you can do it on Venus at least. Um, uh, and then I think that area is a little too small for nine people. With three people, it looked like they were they were like out of room. Well, I just think it depends on what is coming, what what bosses are coming out. Like, obviously, that first boss who shield hopped nine people, it's going to be a joke. It'll be he'll be he'll be dust in a matter of seconds. But I think that when you've got three wizards that need taken down simultaneously at level, I think that could be really cool because each team could really focus on one. Now, you're not going to have any communication with them, right? So you're going to have to kind of have that unspoken like taking sectors that could be kind of cool because it did kind of feel. I mean, there's the main area, there's the upper area and the lower area, and then there's those outer flanks. I think you could spread it out and have some pretty, pretty intense battles as long as it's at level. And I think that's where it's going to really shine is at level nine people just just laying waste to enemies um especially with how aggressive i think they want people to play with the supers i think the supers right. really motivate a more aggressive play style which i really think is good as they were going on patrol i noticed this is very linear this does not feel like a patrol it is right. a ship i think that makes sense but you're going from these dense caves and hallways and really close fights to these big huge open areas i think the environments are just amazingly i thought it looked designed. phenomenal yeah with the restriction of last gen, you've really got to give credit to these devs. Like it looks brilliant, and I really worry we run through too quickly and just ignore the craftsmanship oh, all the time. and the artistry of all the, the time. game. Um, but I think the linear nature of patrol is acceptable because of the closeness and the intensity of the fights and being able to be more aggressive. Right, and I think that's going to translate well into the Court of Oryx because. 
if each team is playing that aggressive play style, like let's because you're going to get that grind of like let's beat it really fast. That's when I think the nine is really going to be fun, and you're going to see some awesome videos of like nine swords or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could it could be really fun. I I I think your concern's valid though. It could get a little just stupid and too dense, but it did feel somewhat open because they had a lot of room to move and hide. I didn't think the cheese spot. They called it a cheese spot. I didn't they think it was they a did call spot. it a cheese spot. <laughs> Made sense. It's like you're going down below to hide and come up from behind. That's right. strategy, not right. cheese. Well, another thing I, I I'm a little weary about is because everyone's going to have the runes, right? They're going to get the rune to get the drops. There's going to be a time where, let's say, all nine people are there and they're all farming. Okay, so I drop my rune. I we we do the event. You drop yours. You do the event. Do you think that in the long run? It's going to be like the chests, right, from the public from the public events of the wolves where people are just farming the crap out of it and running away and coming back, but they can't do that. But what I'm saying is where basically everyone's time is, is consumed by this one event that's happening in all of Destiny, okay? So the rest of the world of Destiny, if you're level 30, let's just say 34 and higher, okay, you're going to be doing this event, okay, or whatever how high you have to get to do this event. I feel like the rest of the world is going to be a bare land because it's only one spot where you know that you're going to get a drop from this certain type of weapon or whatever you're going to get. And you know that if I have a rune, I'm going to go here and I'm going to get maybe potentially what I can get. Hopefully, and they haven't discussed this yet or told us anything about it, hopefully they're doing other things like that around on other planets. So, I mean, because Destiny is a huge game. And I feel like because they showed us this, that everyone's going to be doing this, right? They're going to be doing the patrol there. They're going to be doing the, the the raid there. No one's ever going to touch Venus, Mars, Earth ever again because this is where all the stuff is going to be. What do you think? Yeah, somebody asked that when the stream was going on. Like, did these Taken Blights, that black orb that right. showed up, and then there was the fight, the mini-boss, and then the subsequent rune, are those Taken Blights going to be showing up elsewhere? I happen to think they will just because from what they said from previous streams that there will be bounties and quests that pop up that take you back to the other planets and having you you know do different things. To me, it just makes sense to have it be like the wolves. No, that's, yeah, that's what they're going to do. Up. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. But that that's not really public events, right? I mean, well, the wolves are. I guess the wolves are. But you, well, you wait, are you talking about the court of Oryx then? Yeah, but the court of Oryx is what I'm saying is like that's where the mini boss uh, is, right? So everyone's going to. It's a public event that you start, right? Where the other ones you wait for and they happen randomly across. Now we know that they're going to do that because the story as it progressed, you know, when the house of wolves came out, they had the, the wolf pack when the um, dark below came out, all the hive were all, all over different places, like on earth and stuff. This is going to happen where I'm assuming it's going to be on the moon, right? They're going to have the, the taken on the moon. They'll probably have the taken maybe a little bit on Venus, maybe on earth, but what event is going to keep us going back there because we know if we do the if we do the oryx thing that we're getting a drop and we I can keep farming that drop to get this particular weapon where the rest of the board now is just random things rng loot no one's going to do that if you have a choice between knowing what you might get and not knowing anything that you're going to get you're always going to take the war, world of warcraft method of farming this person until it drops something you want well, I think that Bungie's really smart with stats, and I think what they're going to do to limit that is those runes aren't those runes are going to be kind of like keys, 
and they're, you're not going to be able to go in with 10 and just stay there all day. And so that's where those blights are going to come in. Those blights, once you once you beat a Taken Blight and get that rune, you've got to do the challenge first. It had like things that you had to go do before you could then take the rune, the completed rune or whatever, to the Court of Oryx. So I don't think you're just going to have these runes flowing out of your ears because then I think you're right. That's all people would do is just right. it'd be like a glorified loot cave. You would just stay at the Court of Oryx all day. Because um, I think if you're not the one who summons with your rune, you, don't, you have a chance. You have a chance. Items, right, you have a chance which, of getting Which that's going to be certainly curbed down because if not, like you're saying, people are just going to stay there all day. They have been pretty pretty open about the fact that they're going to have these puzzles and things that take you all over the dreadnought. So I think that's how those blights and they killed that little mini boss wizard and got a rune that said, go do these seven things. I think that's going to be how they kind of make the community kind of spread out and not just get so focused. I do think the Court of Oryx is the right solution, though, to the problem Destiny has with such a ravenous community. You're going to want a place to go and just kind of get on that merry-go-round for a couple <laughs> hours and just grind for loot, but then take a break, you're out of runes, whatever, right. and then go disperse and do other things. Because if you don't have that merry-go-round, then you have that futility of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I've done every, I've done all of the missions, yeah, I've done the story and the bounties for the week, what do I do now? Um, I, I said a couple months ago that Bungie's goal should be to make it almost impossible to get everything done in a week. So your focus as a player then can shift week to week, and you can really kind of enjoy that that variety of like, well, this week I'm really focusing on the Court of Orcs, and then next week I'm going to do bounties to level up all the guns I got. like And kind of shift your focus so it doesn't feel so similar each right. week. And kind of, and people and all people will complain. I can't get everything done in a week. That's a far better complaint to have than right. I, get I don't have enough time. Minutes. I don't have enough time to complete it. Right? Is, is right. It, is That's it, a far better complaint to have your community voicing than the alternative, which is well, Wednesday night hits and I'm done. There's nothing left to do. Right. There's there's. I just hope that they go back because they said this at the very beginning that they could go back anytime and add stuff to the game. Without any updates, right? And they did it with um, the loot cave where they put the little body in there with the bones and stuff like that. Just And they changed the walker on Venus to the white walker instead of the actual uh, other walker. Um, I just feel they need to do something on the old planets to keep them relevant. Do you know what I'm saying? Because otherwise it, you have this... Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a fluctuation of new people that come in, and then you're going to have some people that didn't start a third character, and they're going to play them all the way through, and they'll, they'll touch those old planets. But as soon as they get up to the upper level, there's no point to go backwards, right? There's no point to do any of that stuff, and I just hope they figure a way to keep it relevant, right? I, well, and this is, this is where old Jen's holding them back, because I think my idea to have PvP and PvE combo events... I think that that would be what you would do. Oh, that'd be you awesome would have, if you could do it on you would like have Earth. This thing where, hey, you got to go take place in this battle on the Cosmodrome, and you've got to be on the team that takes down this this Walker first, or maybe not the Walker first, but kind of like that that conquest game mode that we're so accustomed to, where there's AI enemies that you've got to fight like mini bosses right. and walkers and stuff. Old Gen makes that impossible, and I think that that's the solution. Honestly, is can you imagine having these epic battles, PvP and PvE, on Mars or Venus or on the Cosmodrome? Those areas are so ripe for really big, expansive battles that they, they feel so flat and, and, and vapid because it's just like, well, there's just these enemies that keep spawning in the same places. Right. You go PvP in those areas and you just have the the millions of ideas and strategies and flanks that come up, it could get really, really cool. 
Uh, my my suggestion is that they do that in future DLC as as and it's only on the new gen as a soft push to say this is where Destiny's going. Yeah. So if you want to do this, you got to upgrade your console because it's, you can't. I can't play with Xbox 360 owners anyway. Right. So it would be easy to encase it in the new gen. I don't know. They're probably not going to do it, but I don't think they would ever do that because of the so-called lore. Right, they're technically like Dead Orbit's not angry at Future War Call, and Future War Call's not, you know, hard up against New Monarchy. So they would never actually fight in the world of Destiny. PvP is like a separate, you know, entity of itself. So it doesn't, it's not on the same timeline, I guess you can say. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they would ever do that. It'd be awesome if they did, because I would love, you know, you're out on Earth doing patrols, and all of a sudden a guy from like New Monarchy comes over and like tries to slit your throat as you're as you're collecting like spin metal. You know what I mean? Like, like that would be awesome. Well, and I wouldn't have it be on patrol. It would be like an event. You'd go into matchmaking. Oh, okay. And there'd be teams, two oh, teams see. of six, and then there'd be AI. I thought you were talking about like on a- like public like just patrol yeah. like that'd be cool that would be no, no, that, <laughs> I, I think I, you're right i don't think that would work but i think if it was like this conquest game mode where you have to do similar to things you see in the prison whether it's overtake a mine or stop stop a you know extraction cruise and once you get done with those you can then move to a bigger fight and whoever can get to that big fight first and do maybe the most damage or something i don't know to where you'd have that intensity and that oh everybody's pushing towards something i think it would flatten the reason i came up with this idea it was it would flatten out a lot of the imbalanced nature of the guns right because a Galahorn or a Thorn or a Last Word is fantastic in 3v3 trials. In that environment, it gets flattened out a little bit because there's spongy AI enemies and stuff as well as live players. So you'd have to be far more strategic. It would open it up the accessibility, I think, for lesser skilled players to go in and help achieve victory but maybe not be the guy who goes 10-2. and two. Right. Now, here's another thing I'm a little worried about, right? I was playing last night, and I have a LDR... 5001 right on me and it's at level 331 and i was thinking should i use etheric light to max it to 365 because come the dlc there was i don't know if they didn't say it in the in the reveal but there was somewhere they said that etheric light is they don't know what to do with it yet right so it's pretty much obsolete meaning that basically the last dlc that came out with house of wolves the prison of elders is kind of pointless to play right because you're not getting etheric light. So my question to you is, because they have this new leveling system where if it's a 365 gun, okay, it's now in the new mathematician way, whatever they figured out, it's like 160 maxed on the next expansion, right? They've, they've moved them. So all 365s are going to go down to one, I think it's 160 is the max level of the gun. So do you think if I keep my etheric light and not use it on my LDR, do you think when... It, the the next DLC comes out, I will not be able to use that etheric light, and my LDR will be, you know, whatever, like 130 instead of 160, or should I use the etheric light now, get it to 365, and then guarantee that it's a 160 gun in the next expansion? I would say that you're better off taking it to 365 because if for the time being the etheric light economy and House of Wolves and the prison is invalidated. I think that's temporary. I can't imagine all that development time just sort of getting thrown into the waste bin. They've done it before, though. But with something, not with the raids, the raids got revalidated with Ascension. I think they said we're going to be going back into the raids, uh, at least the areas that were built for the raids, for different things that you have to do in challenges and puzzles in 
um, in the Taken King. Yeah, but you could so, in the beginning you could collect materials and turn those in for rep, right? In the very very beginning, you could take spin metal and uh, the relic iron and stuff and throw that into rep to like if I didn't want to play the Crucible. Right yeah. back in original vanilla, I didn't have to. I could just take that material, turn it into the crucible guy, get rep, and then get those weapons. They got rid of it for eight months, whatever yeah. it was, and now they're bringing it back. Right, and so now I can turn that stuff in for rep again, and I can get the crucible. So they they've done it before, right? They've they've brought something in, said this is the new thing. They they had the the legendary not the legendary marks the um what the hell was it when the dark dark below came out? It was um. To buy a weapon, you had to have credentials first. You had to get the uh, I forget what the hell it was called. Come on, chat. Oh, accommodation, accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you had the accommodations, which was a new currency. Okay, and you're like, okay, great. So now I have to do the, the, the this new currency to get this, so I can buy the gun. Then I can level up the gun. Then House of Wolves came out. They said, oh, we're getting rid of accommodations. We're not doing accommodations anymore. You can turn for every five you turn in, you get one whatever rep, and you're like, really. Yeah. Really, you know, so they keep adding stuff and trying it out and then getting, getting rid of it. And I thought etheric light, I was like, okay, so etheric light's it, right? So all guns are going to get leveled up and this is what you're going to use to get this really hard thing you need to get from Prison of Elders to upgrade your weapons. But now they're taking away our old weapons, right? You don't have to upgrade those. So etheric light is out, right? They don't need them because you don't need etheric light for the new weapons. You just level up the weapons as you would normally. Well, I would say that... It's kind of a moot point because your legendary is going to get left behind very right. quickly anyway. Right. But there's no harm in spending the etheric light because for the time being, being, it's invalidated. If it's ever revalidated in the future, there will be a means by which you can get more. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, shoot, I have no etheric light and cannot get any ever again. If they revalidate the currency, it'll there'll be, there'll be methods where you can get it again. And that's why I think future DLC will – revitalize the prison i think they've got a great i think they've got a great system and a mechanism there that that is just going to be real easy to innovate and add to um with with actually less development time that's something that they're geniuses with is retreading old ground and right. getting life out of it right so i would say spend it because you might as well get a little bit of time out of it and maybe in the beginning of the taken king have a, a you know of a decent sniper, well, it's, but it's, then within a few levels, you know you're going to be scrapping it. Well, no, I, I'm gonna always going to keep it because it's PvP. I'll, I'll, I'll use it in PvP because when you play Crucible, yes. it doesn't matter what level the guns are. But I just, I hate. Can you imagine if you're the guys at Bungie like you develop the Prison of Elders and you're like, this is what it is. You you fight this guy to get a Theric Light, and this is the main thing. We worked on this for six months, and they're like, hey, uh, hey, Tom. Thanks for your hard work. We're we're just scrapping it. We're not, we're not even going to worry about etheric light anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? I worked on that for six months. And well, as a developer, it has to be a little frustrating. But I think as a developer, you have to see the beauty of millions of of data points and influences and and feedback coming in and making the the piece of art that you're working on continue to get better and more refined. Like it's gotta be kind of like, are you kidding me? But in graphic design, when I was kind of learning the ropes and I was on this website that was really competitive, it's called threadless and you, you, you submit artwork and whoever gets the best votes gets printed on t-shirts. And I remember very early on submitting work for criticism and getting feedback from people and it being very painful but almost being refining of being like, this is making me better. And I think developers right. hopefully take that attitude because I really feel that this DLC is is sending a pretty solid mes- me- message that 
they're making drastic changes to things that we never thought we were going to see, like the light system completely getting overhauled and things like that. I think we're seeing that the necessary adaptation of the game, if it's going to last for 10 years. And as a developer, if you don't have that attitude, right. then you're making the wrong game. Because if you want it to last for 10 years, those changes and those painful sort of sacrifices have to be made. I, I think that they're going in the right direction. I think, though, there's going to be some problems. I don't know what they are right now. Right? There's going to be some issues. They're going to find them. We're, actually, we'll, we'll find them. Right, and then our data points will tell them, and then by December they're gonna they're gonna change something again because they're gonna notice that people are farming too much at uh, at the Oryx. Right, they're gonna find out that uh, certain weapons are overpowered or this drops happening way too frequently or something that they don't want us to do. Right, because they're trying they're trying to tell us exactly how to play the game. Okay, like for instance, for the for the uh, Oryx mission or the public event. Okay, they want you to play as one hunter, one titan, one warlock. Okay, that's the best combination, right? Now, as a player, I want to play how I want to play. So if I'm choreographing with my friend, I'm like, well, I only have a titan. They're like, well, I already used my titan. I don't, I don't want to feel like using my hunter. I'd be like, all right, well, who cares? Let's just use. I mean, you can use three titans or three warlocks, but it seems like if you have one of each it's the best possibility right you need a hunter to tether those guys together to get that to get that shield down you know what i mean so i that was that was that was something i noticed and i think that that's a i will i would take that over the alternative i would take more influential subclasses that have specific identities and roles in co-op gameplay i would take that over this sort of bland, there's not really any differences between us, so it doesn't matter. Right, who right. You play oh, yeah. As, that would, you know that what would I'm saying? So piss I, me off. I, I do see that as being if you go in there with three Titans, I think you're going to struggle with two things. You're going to struggle with crowd control on the bosses because you're not going to have the Void Bow. Right. And clearing out ads is going to be more challenging because you don't have that lightning. And I think that that is something that I really appreciate about how they've created these subclasses. I think people are going to gripe. And they're going to be like, well, we want to run three Titans and we can't. And it's like, I think that that's, I think that's actually fine. I think having accessibility that's not super narrow, but a little narrowed. Like, we want you to, if you play it this way, it goes better. Right. Um, but it's not impossible to play it another way. I think that's fine. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I like your points. I, 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 that's why I like having you on the show. My, I usually, I, I'm not, I'm not the negative person. I always go back and forth between uh, good and evil. You know what I mean? I, I like to look at both right. points. Um, so probably the chat will be like, well, this guy's really negative. He's pointing out all the, all the bad parts about, I'm not pointing out the bad parts. I'm just pointing out things that I'm, I'm concerned about. I'm a huge, and don't let anyone else tell you, I am a huge Destiny fan. You can look up, look me up. Uh, my, my gamer tag is Biggie MJG. Okay. I have almost 900 hours into the game. I'm no joke. I've, I've play the game. I know it insides and outs of the game. Um, I want this game to succeed, and I want them to hit the potential that my brain made for itself before it released. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, all the changes. I mean, the gun system, I'm happy with the gun system. I wish they didn't tell me that I, I, I couldn't bring my other guns because I, I should be able to keep a you know, 10-year-old game. If I want to use the Fatebringer, I should be able to choose to use the Fatebringer as long as I want because it's I'm legend, right? I am legend. I get to pick what my weapons are. Um so I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I my I just feel that they 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 can't test it out like they want to test it out because 
it's just it's such a enormous game that they're not going to get they're not going to know what actually is good or bad until they put it in our hands and that's what i'm a little worried about because we're going to fu- the the public finds stuff and we yeah. we take stuff and we we're like totally like wreck it right like atheon knocking him off the edge you know crota we doing the the glitch of unplugging the cord as far as that you know what i mean i mean there's always going to be someone finding a way to do something and i feel that there's going to be a big problem here um that's not exposed yet um another concern of my real fast is the cutscenes, right they keep saying these cutscenes and cutscenes are going to happen a lot more story my 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 biggest pet peeve is i think they showed it to us already i think they showed us all the cutscenes in the trailer they took all the cutscenes that they put in the game and put them in together as the trailer uh of these things they've been showing us and when we get to the game we're gonna be like well we just saw that you know i don't think there's gonna be a lot of Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully there's a lot of story there and a lot of cinematic trailers there, but I kind of think they've basically just like the reveal, they told us everything, right? They showed us all the cutscene trailers and pieced them together and did the voiceover work and showed it to us already. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> a couple things. I think um I'll talk about the cutscenes first. I think Bungie's usually pretty tactical and smart, and they keep certain things close to their chest. So I would be surprised if they just showed us everything, especially since it's a major bullet point. One of their major bullet points is also it's the most substantial injection of guns, gear, and talents, and we haven't seen much. I mean, they briefly showed us some faction armor and guns um, from New Monarchy and then some of the Crucible stuff the one week. But there's, there's, I'm assuming there's a ton more if it's the biggest injection of new guns, gear, and talents. So I'd be surprised if they really kind of did that, showed all of their cards, especially because cinematics are so expensive and so time-consuming. Um, hopefully not. I, I, I hope, I, uh, like I hope, you, I hope right. I hope they wrong. don't. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do want to comment about the thing with, you know, the community finding holes and finding problems and things. I do think it's going to happen, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a different animal this time and maybe less likely and less prominent. I think the loot cave was like symptomatic of a problem with incentivization. I don't feel like they incentivize the right behavior because you'd spend 20 levels in a traditional RPG where you beat enemies and bosses and missions and get stuff. Right. And then all that shifts and all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm just pulling a lever for gear now and hopefully I get gear that advances my light level. They didn't really do a good job educating the community on how the bounties affected your vanguard and you could buy the stuff from the vanguard there were more, there were better inroads to gear than the loot cave right but nobody really knew about them i think Destiny's a very different animal now and i think since they're they're very very prominent about you know putting the loot in the game there's lots of loot everywhere there's just there, there's all these different places there's chests everywhere i i don't think i think people are going to be less likely to be like i want to find the loophole and get as much gear um, as I can and just and just ex- exploit the heck out of this. I think that problem's never going to go away because, number one, it's gaming and people always look for the path of least resistance. Right. I also think Destiny kind of created their own animal with the inaccessibility and the time consumption of the raids. I didn't think it was natural for people to cheese it. It was just too hard. Without matchmaking and that lack of accessibility, you incentivize shortcuts. That's just the nature of the beast. Like people don't have all day <laughs> to sit, you know, at a bridge and figure it out and do it legitimately. So I, I do think though it's gonna be a little bit 
less prominent than it was. You're right. It's going to happen. There's going to be a, there's going to be a crack in the wall. And I do think that that's sort of a rebuttal to the people that are like, you know, they should find out all these problems and fix them ahead of time. I don't think that that's possible. They can't. They can't. The, they can't. The organic nature of the community is always going to kind of like putty just spread out over this this giant wall that is the game of destiny and there's <laughs> going to be cracks in the surface that then get sort of filled in as like oh these people found this leak and they they're getting through and they're doing this thing we don't want them to do we need to fix that i just think that and to a certain extent bungie's attitude with the taking king gives me a lot of hope and confidence that those problems will be rectified fixed and improved as opposed to the paternalistic attitude they had in the past. That Game Informer video was pretty encouraging. They basically said their attitude early on was very controlling, and they're taking a very different approach now. And I, I think that that's, you know, that's probably hard to admit as a developer, that, right. you know, hey, we were being pretty paternalistic and controlling, and we're trying not to do that now. We're trying to be more, we're trying to listen, I think is what they said. And so I think that that, that gives me some hope for the future of the title even though we do know those exploits are going to be like in a week we're going to like oh if you do this thing and stand on this lamp then you can get infinite runes or something right, like, right. <laughs> somebody's going to find that you know i found a, i found a glitch um in the prison of elders i'll tell it now i didn't i didn't want to post i'm not one of those people that find stuff and then post it on youtube because i want everyone to do it right yeah. so um basically if you're playing prison of elders and you're in the hive uh section right in the center uh where the ogres appear if you jump on top of this uh this pillar okay as the rounds start the doors open but no one comes out they're just frozen okay and only when you jump up in the air okay they release and then you land again and they pause so you can kill everybody okay and i'm like i found this by accident right i jumped up there for just to get away and all of a sudden i was like where is everybody no one's coming out and then I was like, well, that's weird. And I jumped up, right, to get off. And I hit the ceiling. So I, I hit the thing and came back down. And all of a sudden, they came in the room. And then they stopped again. And I was like, is it me? And I started, like, moving around. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I was like, man, what kind of glitch is this? You know? And, we, of course, we, we've used it, right? Because sure. it was, like, ridiculously hard. on You know? And we're like, yeah, screw it. I'm dead. You know? And they kill everybody. So there's always little things like that. Um, to answer someone's question in the chat, you wanted to know if there's a new area. There is going to be a new area. If you know where Septic's Prime is, um, when you fight the big eyeball, you know that big gate behind him where the water is? That uh, potentially is supposed to open up, and there's supposed to be an area back there to go to. Um, not much was talked about it yet, or nothing was shown about it, but um, that's supposed to happen. So hopefully... There's little things like that, like on the Citadel, hopefully maybe the gate opens up. Um, that could be another DLC down the road. Don't really know. But hopefully there's different areas that do open up. Um, but that is one that is supposed to happen, just to let you know. Yeah, well, and hopefully they retool some of the areas. Because I know when they sat down with, with uh, what's his name, Wes Whedon, the guy who played Wesley. Yeah. Or Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. He played Wesley on Star Trek yeah. Next Generation. Um, they sat down with him. He was kind of being a fanboy, and he was like, oh, the game's just it's always different. Wherever I didn't I like go. his interview. I didn't like the yeah, way he was doing like, 
Well, and he described the content really inaccurately because he said, you know, that you ne- the enemies never come out the same way. And I'm like, they always come out the same way. Right. He didn't play. There's no way he played it. There's no way. Right. They pushed back and kind of corrected him. And they were like, well, we're really wanting to kind of fix because you know, that is kind of the experience in right. some of the areas. So I think they, that there's there's it's so easy to innovate in those big open areas, like open up areas, add different enemies, make it random, like, you know, make it more vibrant and surprising. Like, holy crap, what, where did this come? Why is there a walker right here? It's never come here before i think that's an easy thing to do i don't know why but they like don't do you it said you just don't know what what other problems it could cause because right. that cheese spot you found in that hive there's another there's another spot in that area that just does the exact same thing one of the doors if you stand on top of it oh there's that little crest <laughs> right it does the exact same thing nobody comes out so you clear out the mines get you know the right, mission right. successful or whatever and then let them come out and kill them so that's always funny to me it's like how did you not test out the aggro threshold like right. the one at the bridge right. is ridiculous in Crota. Like if you can like do some kind of crazy billy goat jump to the way way tip top, yep. you can you can get them to despawn. But right like, now, that's, that's 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 the thing, right? Every time I go play that now with randoms, right? Someone is like, "Hey, we're doing a we're doing a run. Do you want to do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Every time you get in there, I always when we get to the bridge, I'm like, "All right, so how are we doing? Are we juggling it? Are we are we going three across? What are we doing?" I see three guys jump all the way to the top, and then they get there and they're like, "Okay, die," and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, this is okay, fine. I'll I'll commit suicide, whatever. It's well, it's I, so cheesy. It's like just play the game, guys. Just play the game. Right. Well, and I think that that is why and I'm I'm a big proponent of matchmaking for the raids. There's people, you know, it'll ruin the raids, but no it won't because if you've got a team, you can keep running with your team. Matchmaking right. will not affect you if you're anti-matchmaking. You know what it'll right. do? It'll let all these other people get access to the content, and I do think it would minimize cheese because the more people that get access to the content, the more likely you're going to find a crew that you gel with and you can kind of learn it. Cuz when I tried to run the raid recently on my stream, we couldn't get past the second lamp. People kept dying and I'm like, "What are you guys doing?" Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's the second lamp. What's happening? Right. It was just a lack of experience. They right. hadn't got to play the content because it's just gated off, and it's just like. Did you ask if they game. had the Galahorn first? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Galahorn only open lobbies. I do that when I stream. Yeah. No, I, don't do that. I mean, the new the new raid being the longest ever. Right. And if it doesn't have matchmaking, ah, oh, I just that that's that to me is sad to know in advance. All this creativity and development time is going to get so non-exposed to the community. Well, I have an issue with that because if it's a longer raid than Vault of Glass, Vault of Glass, um, the very first time we did it was like four and a half hours, right? Right. Um, and there's no save spot, right? So you have to complete it that night. Unless, you, Well, let me rephrase that. There is a save spot. You can come back and go to the checkpoint section, but you still have to go back and like do the whole boss fight again. Um, right. I'm not going to be able to do this this raid. I only stream. I get to play at night, like from eleven to two. So I get three hours a night. Sometimes I can go four. If it's going to last too long, you know what I mean. Like, I, it took me three months to get into the raid the very first time to find people to do the right. raid because I had four friends, but we needed two more, and there was no website to find people yet. You know what I mean? There was no LFG, you know, uh, out yet. So, um, I hope. I hope it they do something where like the checkpoint is closer, I should say, to like maybe start at Atheon. Well, not Atheon. Yeah, I guess you can start at Atheon. Once you get to Atheon to a certain point, you did start there. But getting there was the was the bitch. Um that puzzle maze and stuff like that, the jumping maze. So hopefully just, hopefully we have time to do it. I can sit down and actually do the raid. Well, and it's just too easy. Even Atheon and Crota 
if a couple people make mistakes, you're you're resetting that clock. I mean, the record for like Crota and Atheon are like in the forty minutes or something like that. Forty two, oh, forty five minutes. Much faster than that now. Much faster. Yeah. Well, initially those were some of the records were in the forty some minutes. Yeah, yeah. So they've shaved that down to probably like thirty to forty minutes. Those are like expert crews running as fast as possible. Your normal everyday crew that's running it that knows what to do is probably between an hour to two hours if they're making few mistakes. The more mistakes you make, the longer it's going to take. So that's my big concern is even the people that have a crew and can do LFG, like if I'm streaming and can do LFG, do I really want to devote almost my entire stream to this grueling, frustrating right. it's experience? it's so frustrating. So probably frustrating. Not. I'm probably no. going to wait until all of, everybody figures it out and then I can hop on LFG, run with a well-oiled machine crew – and just enjoy, like, oh, yeah, this is cool. What do I do next? Gathalion and Broman, they do it every day. You can watch them do it every day. They get a bunch of randoms from their chat. There's usually, like, one or two guys in the group that have never done it before. Okay, they're, they're, they're noobs or they're, they're virgins, to say. And they run through it 30 minutes. Every single time, 30 minutes, just boom, pops it out. He does it by himself. Gathalion does it by himself in, like, 35, 40 minutes. Okay, and, and I'm like, I can't do that. I can't. <laughs> But he's, you know, he eats, sleeps, and breathes destiny. That's what he right. does. I mean, yeah, the solo videos of Crota were really impressive. I don't think, I think they've said things that people have kind of parsed it out that this is not going to be soloable ever. Like, they, I think they won, I think that might be a little bit of the developer's pride right. showing. And I think that's, that's, that's fine. Somebody, somebody at home this. right now is like, challenge accepted. Right, yeah, f- go for it. I mean, <laughs> not whatever. me. The guys who film those videos are like, yeah, I didn't record the six hours of you know me failing, but it's like, I just, <laughs> I just think that it needs to be not soloable. I just think that kind of it puts a bad taste in the mouth of the people who can't get a team together to do it. That right. these guys can just do it on their own. Right. Um, and I think it just kind of devalues the content a little bit. It's like, so. If I guess you do the math yeah. right, memorize everything. Yeah, like my brother could wear a blindfold and beat one 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 of the really hard bosses and super punch out on the Super Nintendo right. <laughs> because he memorized all the math. Right, he knows the timing. Right, right, right. Raid is that's all Crota was. I mean, Dado beat him blindfolded. Yeah, um, they kind of told him like, okay, you're lined up, go jump, and like <laughs> he ran and hit it blindfolded. Was, I'm like, I'm like, come cool, on. But, I was like, come on. He saw through that. He had to see through that. No, I know he didn't. So. No, he didn't. That's crazy when when you can do something like that. Um, the last, I think, the last point I have, I don't really have any points left for for Destiny. I, I just, I just really hope uh, year two, the start of year two, is just blows my mind. I hope I will forgive them, right? Because not that I didn't enjoy myself. I mean, my nine hundred hours says I enjoyed myself, right? If you don't, if I didn't like it, uh, I wouldn't have played it that long. Um, so I hope year two starts what I thought year one should have been. You know what I mean? With all the different gun leveling and uh, the the gunsmith and the story and the ghost actually doing something, you know what I mean? I mean, it would be nice for them just to put something real nice in there. Uh, you know, you ever take your ghost out and open up doors with it? You know what I yeah. mean? Well, I, w- I hope they put something behind those doors just to... And that one person finds it and is like, oh, shit, I found something. And then goes to every single door to see if they could find something else. I mean, that would be something nice to just throw in there and do something. You know what I mean? And then hopefully they do what they do with the with the new one where they're putting 50 pieces and spreading them out. I think it's going to be that, that legendary sword or exotic sword. I think that's what's going to be in the Dreadnought. I think that's going to be the 50 pieces spread out that you're going to have to find and then you piece together. 
Um, I really think they should do something like that for all the planets. You know, like 50 pieces on Earth, 50 pieces on Mars. Um, be a nice little thing to do if it's a gun. Maybe, oh, here's a perfect thing. Here you go. Earth has the primary weapon, right? The moon has the secondary weapon. Maybe Venus has a, uh, the, the, the heavy weapon and then the sword is in the, in the new the new map something like that you know what i mean that'd be pretty pretty cool if they did something like that yeah i would want it tied to like a unique event or something so you're not just kind of going to the moon and like retreading old ground and then keep going you know what i mean like right. it needs to be tied to like unique event and enemies which i think they would do if they use if they do what you're talking about like the taken would be there or something well hopefully that's what it is all right so we're an hour and 54 minutes into the show we're gonna wrap it up um, real quick, um, I don't have any stories that we didn't have that didn't make the cut. We talked about them all. Um, say no to rage. Lono got a gun. Tell people where they can find you, even though most of the people in the chat right now know who you are. Yeah, the, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, the best place to find me would be at say no to rage on Twitter or obviously on Twitch, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you Google say no to rage, you're going to find all my stuff, Ooh, shoot. uh, you know, whatever, Whatever method that you like to interact with, uh, saynotorage.com is a, is a blog, and that's where I mean my posts are on my YouTube. You're going to find a link there uh, as well. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of camera trouble, but they heard you. No, oh, no worries. <laughs> I don't know why my camera's all like changing and stuff, but um, I'm uh, giving everyone in the chat uh, 50 lurker coins for uh, for the 50 minutes you guys missed earlier. Um, so everybody, there you go. Thanks for hanging out tonight. My name is 30 and Still Gaming. I stream every night from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., Monday through Saturday. Sundays is my holy day, which is not, I'm not a religious person. It's just a day I want off. Um, I play Destiny most of the time. I play Smite. Um, I'm going to be playing Fallout 4 when it comes out. I'm going to be playing Star Wars Battlefront when it comes out. Please give me a follow if you haven't already. I really like to thank Say No to Rage for coming on the show again it was great to have him and you're always welcome back anytime just let me know i'll let you know when i need you again and if you ever want to just hop back on i'd like to do you actually um after taking king comes out maybe like one week after you know so yeah. we've all played it for like one week and then we'll get your thoughts on it and we'll get our thoughts on it sound good yeah that'd be fantastic all right so I appreciate everyone coming out and hanging out tonight. Um, I'm going to take a break, and then my stream will actually start at 11 p.m. sharp. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for coming out. Have a good one. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.